Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil Men. Enter the demon's mouth. Wow. Imagine a demon's mouth. That would be stinky. Should we go inside? Four out of five dentists agree. Um... It's not too good in there. <laughs> this demon needs Colgate. <laughs> what does a demon eat? Um, mm, ass. Ass. Well, okay. wouldn't you think? Right. Mm. Demons, absolutely they do that kind of thing. Because it's uh, a cursed Well, act. it's just the nastiest thing you could do. Okay. With your, I don't know, with your mouth. Right. On, so a, they, on another person. They survive on a diet of pure ass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just a thought. I'm here to collect all of the ass for Satan. <laughs> yeah, we, it's a crazy moment in world history when we realize, A, Satan's real. B, he wants to eat all our asses? Mm-hmm. Hum, nom, 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 nom. Whereas God, as if, uh, to polar opposite, when you ask God, like, what's your favorite uh, meal? He goes, anything but ass. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was going to say, cock. <laughs> <laughs> well, these days... <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> the pendulum swings the other way for a bit, you know? No longer is God just obsessed with chicks, you know? I Yeah, yeah, I and guess. And it's nice. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess he was kind of a, of a hound dog uh, in his earlier days. He sowed some wild oats. <laughs> That's what You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog is by, about by really? Elvis. Oh, about God being... Did Elvis write that one? No, it was like Lieber and Stoller, the, the 50s rock and roll songwriters. Ah. Uh, <laughs> you are not anything but a hound dog. <laughs> hey, can I give, give you a tip on that song? Instead really? of you are not, yeah. try uh, making it you're not. Or you ain't not. <laughs> ain't? You mean like a taint? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a very crotch-y... Intro. Yeah, I. All I the took factors it, of the there. crotch have been listed, so, and we have just started. We're like the, the taint, the ass, and the two minutes front. in. And, did, yeah. I, did Elvis ever have a song about the taint? I'm trying to go through um, his catalog. There's in the ghetto. That's you not can do it. anything. Lay off my blue suede taint. <laughs> <laughs> I sure. hate the eating it ass uh, run of gags that uh, the comedy community has stumbled upon for the last five years. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. I, I bring it up all the damn time. You you've Well, been, you like doing it. You've had a horny summer of stand-up comedy where a lot of the new material you're testing out for the road is of a horny <laughs> nature. It's true. I don't know why. I just decided to go with it. I have a, like five minutes on 69ing. <laughs> not, uh, not, not kidding at all. Yeah. Um, I saw some industry... Uh, taking some notes. Yeah, uh, your last show when you. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. Audiences <laughs> don't really laugh unless it's super horny. Yeah, and we know that as old pros. Oh yeah, horny summer starring John Cusack. Oh yes. Would you consider releasing a whole album of your horny material? Honestly, I think that would be cool. What would you call it? Let's get horny. Mm, yeah. Actually, you gave me a fun suggestion. It was like, uh, um. Hmm. Horny, or maybe a, a name like an erotic thriller, like um, you know, Strands of Silk. Yeah, right. James Hartnett, Strands <laughs> of Silk. Yeah, and, and then you, the, the, the cover is me, kind of on a four-post bed with 
I don't know. Like watching Blowing. a couple doing it. Yeah. Like or a couple beautiful couples making love in the bed, and I'm on a laptop watching on the laptop. Like, I'm on the screen. Yeah. Right, right. That's really good. Yeah. You could call your special pretty horny. Just kind of simple, but also the word pretty kind of classes it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's some kind of joke. Um, pretty horny. Well, yeah. Just because we were thinking of old singers, I was thinking of Roy Orbison. Oh, yeah. And I heard his voice go, pretty horny, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty horny, that's how I feel right now, pretty horny. I want to um, go chow down on your anus. I wonder pretty if horny. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be... Your anus better be clean. <laughs> Mercy. The sandy colored clown they call the Sandman eats out my anus every night. The sandy colored clown they call the anus. <laughs> this is really. You know that when I close my eyes and sing out my tongue. <laughs> All the greats sang about it. Roy Orbison died so young. He was like 55 or something. When he uh, looked, five? He was five years old. No, he was like 55. When yeah, he, he looked like, like a he was toddler 70. star. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He always seemed older than that. I, I, was, I think when, I, when uh, he did like the Traveling Wilburys, I remember it a little bit as a kid. But I remember being surprised that that, 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 was, um, that he was still alive and doing stuff then because... I think I thought he was like a 50s, 60s guy. Yeah. Was he? Uh, well, he was 50s, uh, okay. late 50s guy. But you know how he always wore sunglasses? Yeah. Here's a picture. I'm going to show you guys a picture no, of what he looked like it. without sunglasses. Oh, he looks fine. No, he, no, he doesn't. Up. His eyes look like pinholes in a pie plate. No, not Admit it. He looks so fucking disgusting. I, I tweeted it, remember? Yeah. It was a popular Wait, tweet. Let me see that one more time. I James think Paul F. Tompkins retweeted it. I guess I just it. don't see, like, you know, I you don't think all men are beautiful. You think Paul F. Tompkins retweeted my me. tweet about a little it, small. and he wears a suit every day, so you you know it's good. Guys, I th- I don't agree with you, James. I hate to do that. You but he's got to... little tiny squinty eyes. The shades make him look way more cooler. And the mysterious. shades. He does look cooler with the shades. He's a menace. I mean, we all do, but look look at this picture. Right, I'm seeing another picture here. They're not that weird. He's James, drinking wine in that picture. You, you have well, a problem. Look it up yourselves, guys. Roy Orbison without sunglasses. I think also, it looks extremely normal. And here's a picture of Roy Orbison without anything on. And take a look at Whoa, that. Oh, cool. <laughs> He's got a pretty cool dick. <laughs> Candy colored dick, they call the Orbison. <laughs> Roy Orbison appeared on SNL in 1987 when Dennis Hopper was the host. I guess it must have been after Blue Velvet. Ah. Dennis Hopper hosted and Orby performed. And Orby. Roy Orbison's father's name was Orby Orbison. That was a tweet that went around recently as well. I think I saw that Is episode that when I was a little kid and I remember Dennis Hopper doing a parody of the nitrous or what, oh, what does he inhale yeah. in Blue Velvet? Yeah. Oxygen or Lithium something. or something crazy. Yeah. <laughs> a, a bus just drove by and made a loud noise. Does Roy Orbison get sampled a lot by rappers? I don't think he's been... I think that's like an un, uh, untouched treasure trove of music. You know what? I think Two Live Crew sampled Pretty Woman. <laughs> okay. If you sampled um, the crying thing, like... Crying yeah, yeah. Over you, I could see that being a... 
hot sample for a rap track. <laughs> you, you Damn, go. motherfucker, you be crying a lot. <laughs> crying over you. That's right, bitch, cry. <laughs> cry. <laughs> cry that ass off. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty <good>. young. <laughs> young Orbison, that'd be my young name. Orby. Young Orby, yeah. Little and, Orby, and dresses up like uh, like Roy Orbison. The, yeah, the famous sunglasses, the pompadour, and the black but, suit. You know, the only difference is mm-hmm. Young Orby has all tattoos going up his neck. Yes, and, and little tattoos on his cheeks, like yes. uh, Post Malone. Yeah. Um, before we, well, I was going to say, Mike, before we move on. Nice. Mike doesn't like this, everybody. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a very popular song you can hear on the radio every day. <laughs> um, Mike, Ouch. before we move on, <laughs> you mentioned that you have a story about your mom. Mama! Yes, maybe to mix up the, the old Wait, time. Should we do Mike's mom segments with a, yeah. with a stinger? Sure. Um, okay. Or maybe introduce no, you again. Go, go, okay. go like this. Go Sorry. like this. James, go like... Go like, uh, Mike's, 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 Mike's. And then I'll add something after that, okay? okay? Mike's, 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 Mike's. Mama! Corner. <laughs> Mike's Mama Corner. So it's true, and maybe this will be for the people who aren't into music from 40 years ago. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, this segment. I, I love um, this, a new segment, Mike's. Yeah. Mom corner or Mike's yes. mama corner. How would you say that in French? Uh, I was trying to imitate le, like le Freddie Mercury saying le mama Mike. in mama. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. So you're like, like a total like much music vintage stinger like Mike's, 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 Mike's mama corner. You know, I could try to edit a little thing and like get a real clip or something or, you know, sure. Or you could do it, Mike. Too, or we could do it again and maybe in real time. Okay. Yeah. Let's go one more time. It's time for Mike's. Oh, you don't want to do the echo? It's time for Mike's, 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 Mike's. Mama! Corner. All right. It's Mike's Mama, Mike's Mama's Corner here on Evil Men. So, Mike, what's uh, what's going on in mom world? Well, in the past, I've told some interesting stories, some eyebrow-raising stories about my mom. And, well, I just thought you guys might like to hear what happened the other day when I met her on the patio uh, for a drink. Absolutely. Um, she she got ordered a white sangria. Sorry, you met your mom on a patio for a drink. Yeah, that's pretty cool, dude. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a whole oh, new type of son. <laughs> <laughs> a whole new son. <laughs> um, and she had a, a white sangria, and she got buzzed, guys, oh. on on it because she doesn't drink a lot. Um, sounds like a fun ass time. She she looked me dead in the eyes and said, "Michael, I'm having a fun ass time with you tonight." <laughs> <laughs> but at one point she was like, um, I guess she wanted to talk about stuff in the news. And she said, this is difficult to talk about. But have you heard this story about Prince William and something called pegging? Oh, my God. It's difficult to talk about, Michael. But I need to talk to you about it. <laughs> on a patio. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine your reaction. When yeah, your mom was I like... I spat out my Coors Light. Uh, it's difficult shocked. to talk about, Michael, but... Ah, what the heck? Here I go. You heard <laughs> of go. pegging? Yeah. 
It's when you stick a, a rod up your... F- no, uh, it's, no, it's when a woman pegs a man right in the ass. Yeah, and oh. I bet you the royal family has some of the most beautiful pegs you've ever yes. seen. It, yeah. Pegs Pe- from every century, from so all over the world. Pegging is when a woman uses a dildo on a guy's butt? Or something. Even what we thought we were getting Now this is a story all about how a guy can get pegged. Like, wow! And here's what here's my problem with us when the royal family getting pegged. Who's paying for it? Us, the taxpayers. Uh, the taxpayers. Right? Why do we have the queen getting pegged on our money? <laughs> so but yeah, if you're pegged, it can be basically anything you want. I think, James. Uh, uh, okay, so it could be a submarine sandwich. Oh, yeah, it could be. It a, could be a baseball bat. Okay, it could be a TV remote control. It could be a hat with so, your favorite Blue Jays logo on oh, it. Oh, cool! <laughs> Certainly the uh, 1977 to yeah. you know to the early 90s one. The old school. And then mm-hmm. she also went on to say like he like she insulted the way he looks. So wait, th- there is a news story out that William likes to get pegged. Well, there's a story that he. Has uh, that he cheated on his his beautiful wife, Pippa? Kate? No, oh, Kate. Yeah. Kate. Pippa's Kate's sister with the butt, the famous butt. And uh, oh. but my uh, so there's a rumor that <laughs> William cheated. But then my mom William was like, cheated with a lady who pegged him, pegged his butt, and okay. her name was like the Duchess of Chumley or something like that. <laughs> the Duchess of Choda. <laughs> Duchess of Choda. Duchess wow. of Choda. Uh, but. Then my mom went on to really insult the way William looks, and she was like, "What happens to them? They, they look cute as boys, and they something happens. They they turn into you know something. They get those Prince Charles jeans, and they look disgusting." <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Whoa. yeah. Maybe that's why. Uh, when your mom face sa- down, ass up. <laughs> when your mom said, "Have you heard of this pegging thing?" What did you say? Did you go, "Mom, do you even know what that is?" I said, or? "The rain." I wrote the book on pegging. <laughs> Yeah, right. You Mom. spit out your onion rings all over the table. <laughs> Mom, you raised a son who is very familiar with uh, pegging. <laughs> I just, uh, I laughed and said, yes, I know I know what you're talking about. And then she couldn't <laughs> believe it. She couldn't believe it was a thing. And she told me she looked it up and blew her mind. Were you like, Mom, do you ever wish you could go back in time and do some crazier sex stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did say that. <laughs> and then we high-fived. Oh, God. Uh, um, Healthy. Then related to this, also, she was telling me that she was in touch with her cousin, who's in Newfoundland, hmm. recently. Related to the, let me guess, from Dildo, Newfoundland. They went on a trip, a day trip to Dildo. No, and my buddy. mom's cousin, my mom's cousin, texted her to say, "Guess where we are? We're on for vacation in Dildo." Wow. And um, this is like, were you guys laughing your ass off? We were laughing like fucking this crazy. This was a like a raunchy <laughs> comedy. Well, with it was your mom. This, the white sangria was mighty oh, powerful, yeah. um, and. My mom said she texted back, "Please don't tell me you bought a, a local one of their local souvenirs from Dildo," uh, and her cousin didn't respond. <laughs> and it's been days now. Come on, that's she stressed you about it. Yeah, she was like, "I maybe shouldn't have made that joke." But my cousin yeah. is very mad at me because I she was in Dildo and I made a joke that yeah. I hope you don't buy a Dildo there. Yeah, I forgot that her, you know, her cousin was killed by a Dildo <laughs> rolling off the shelf, <laughs> striking her on the head. Um, this sounds really, really funny. Like you guys must have been laughing your butts off. We were laughing, and then the subject changed to how um, house prices house prices are out of control, and then mm-hmm. um, the world is in a bad way. But well, with the house prices yeah, yeah. today, like in, in Toronto these days, it feels like uh, uh, people trying to sell their houses are the ones being pegged. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. True. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> 
Before we get to our evil man this week, we should mention that we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash evil men. And folks, if you sign up right now, uh, you will receive a, a <laughs> backlog of a ton of bonus episodes mm-hmm. and get all our future episodes. We do two a month at least. Yes. And uh, they're great. We, uh, we uh, goof around. We do extra stuff with our guests. We, have, we had a bunch of really good episodes um, that we recorded at the cottage we went to of us yes. getting drunk and hanging out. Um, so those will be coming and, out soon. Yeah. Check them out. Hanging out. And you also get access, if you join our Patreon, you also get access to our Discord, which is like a chat room. We go in there and chat with you. It's a whole fun group of people chatting. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. Patreon.com slash evil men. Chris, I'm looking at you right now. Do you know why? I'm a tiny little mischievous boy, and I love mischief. <laughs> That's right. And if you don't do a good job with this week's evil man, you're going straight to your room, young man, and no oh, supper for the week. Nuts. But That's not fair. <laughs> How come James gets to do everything? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm watching a weird porno scene or something. Yeah, it's like a it's a filler porno scene from Europe from yeah. the 70s. And the two guys acting in this scene don't get to actually do any of the porn. <laughs> yeah, like it's just, just for the story. Yeah, it's just the for the weird story. Really bad. Porn castle takes place in Sweden. But Chris, okay, who is this week's evil man? I'll give you a hint. Okay. The night we met, okay. I think we. I know who it is. Okay, wait. I got another one. I'll give you another hint, okay. just in case some of the listeners don't know out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him on a Monday and my heart stood still. Da do run, run, run. Da do run, run. Somebody told me that his name was Bill. Da do run, run, run. Da do run, run. Yeah, my heart stood still. Yes, his name was Bill. It seems like she's yeah, being interrogated. I'm, I'm the bill they're talking about. Yeah, I did not uh, inhale the crystals. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just gave Mike a bunch of editing to do. So, Chris, your yeah. evil your evil man is... I'll give you another hint. Okay. Okay. Rock, 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 rock of high school. <laughs> uh, kids are all going to high school. Rock, rock, kids are in high school. <laughs> I don't want to go to high school. Rock, rock, high school. I just want to get some kicks. I just want to get some kicks. Rock, 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 rock and roll high school. Okay. Do you guys know who it is now? Tell us. Phil Spector. Phil Spector. I didn't know he did rock and roll high school. Yeah. He did. Well, maybe I should have saved it. I don't know. Okay, but there's so, so much more to dig into. Now, this is a difficult one, guys. Okay. Yeah. Because it's one of those separate the art from the artist, and you're going to see mm-hmm. he's a bastard. We can't separate it. He should be going down in history as, well, we'll see. But he was, a, you know, 
a, a completely a maverick, original, change the game, American record producer and songwriter. And he's best known for his innovative recording practices and entrepreneurship in the 1960s. Wall of Sound. Yes. Ever hear of Wall of Sound production? I was trying to yeah. imitate Wall of Sound with just my one voice. You did a great job. We- <laughs> I took a music of the 60s class yeah. randomly, and they focused a lot on the Wall of Sound, I remember, that Phil Spector created. Because and it changed the MF in game. It no did. Joke. It did. And before Wall of Sound, you know, a lot of music you'd hear like the, the four instruments or whatever. Yeah. And when you listen to like Da Do Run Run or um, mm. or uh, Be, Be My, my baby. baby, Be My Baby, it sounds you can't differentiate all these uh, instruments and 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 uh, melodies going on. Yeah. Mm. And that's the Wall of Sound. Check out those uh, those songs. And Phil Spector, he started that well, shit. Well, you can <laughs> you can differentiate the. Uh, the yeah, saxophone in Duran Run. You know what I mean? Damn, that's mm-hmm. a good fake saxophone. <laughs> Damn, how does he do it? Well, um, yeah, he's an innovative producer, and his wall of sound that he created is a production style that is characterized by its diffusion of tone colors and dense orchestral sound, which Spectre described as a Wagnerian approach to rock and roll. <laughs> it is like a, a wash. Like when you yeah. listen to. Uh, rock and roll before Phil Spector, it is much more quiet and stripped back, whereas yeah. it is like um, a full sensory attack, like those wall of sound. And like what five, it influenced six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, <laughs> rock, yeah. boom, nine, ten, eleven o'clock. Bill Haley had nothing on Phil Spector. Fuck you, Bill Haley. Yeah, fuck you and your We're one eye. On a rock. <laughs> <laughs> he had one eye, and that's why he had a curl to detract what? attention away from his uh, fake eye. Oh shit, Bill Haley, that is. We're gonna rock. Rock without the wall of sound. <laughs> um, We're gonna rock with one eye tonight. We're gonna rock with only one eye. <laughs> so as you may have noticed, he's widely known as one of the most influential figures in pop music history and one of the most successful producers of the 60s. That's why James's class focused on him so much. What he contributed to music is invaluable. I mean, even think about... Uh, three steps away when we think of dream pop which is a flavor of music that i really like my bloody valentine are kind of created or credited with uh you know being one of the four uh ground runners of that and uh they created a wall of sound guitar sound like cocteau twins Kevin probably Shields or whatever yeah right. cocteau twins even I feel like um, the reverb that you hear on, like, say, Jesus and Mary oh, Chain absolutely. or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, Jesus and Mary Chain even steal the Be My Baby beat in most of their songs. Just on, like Honey, yeah, just, yeah. Like, you know, like that yeah. kind of sound. And I love the music, and I love the 60s girl group productions. And there's a compilation called Phil Spector, Wall of Sound, obviously best of type, that I listen to all the time. But I had to do my research on them because I obviously know about... You know, the big thing that happened uh, not that long ago. But then I found out more and you're like, oh, shit. So for real, it's like this crazy separate the evil genius from the, the you know, from the art. Or, I don't art. know. Like he is. Mm-hmm. It's why is evil and, you know, groundbreaking creativity always linked together. It's a real fucking pisser for normies like us, eh? <laughs> I think sometimes <laughs> if you're uh, if you're brilliant, it makes you messed up. You yeah, <clears throat> is this John? Maybe, Le- there's that. You know, I mean, John- I'm brilliant and I have some anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> you know, John Lennon was like he's saying in um, Strawberry Fields. Some 
no one I fear is in my tree. It may be high or low. Yeah. He's kind of saying that, like, I'm a little off. I don't know if I'm dumb or smarter than everybody. Is that Wait. from your class, or did you hear it on your own? Uh, I, Pick I, it out I, on your own. I, can't re- I think it was from a class. I think what John Lennon is saying in that lyric is, hey, everybody, I'm a bit of a weirdo. Yeah. Or a nerd, like, you know, <laughs> nerds these days. Star Wars, yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. He was talking about, like, the MCU. He Harry was talking Potter. About, yeah, I'm such a nerd, and uh, but it's... I thought he was just saying, like, I climbed a tree, and he was, like, bragging. <laughs> <laughs> I climbed a tree. Okay, so. Phil Spector. I'll tell you about Phil Spector a little bit. He's born in the Bronx. Oh. Hey. December 26, 1939, as Harvey Philip Spector. He later added a second L to his middle name, which he preferred over Harvey. So he became Phil Spector. Okay. Sign number one that you're weird. Yeah. You add an L to your name, Phil. Or yeah. you don't like the name Harvey. What's wrong mm. with you? Yeah. Harvey's makes hamburgers. A beautiful thing. <laughs> I think we're just as good as any of the Crystals or the Ronettes. So do I. Yes. In April, I bet they no- couldn't do a podcast. Check this out. In April 1949, <laughs> Spectre's father committed suicide, bro. And on his gravestone, uh, it are inscribed the words, Ben Spectre, father, husband, to know him was to love him, which uh-huh. I'll get to in a sec. Oh, mm-hmm. pretty dot, sad. Dot. So his mother moved the family to Los Angeles after that. So anyways, not, I think he was nine years old. Yep. His dad commits suicide. Extremely traumatic. Yeah. Right. Uh, and Phil Spector is always like a smaller, frail kind of guy. He's like a little elf. He's like, really? Uh, yeah. 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 Elf Spector. Yeah. So his mother, <laughs> his mother, uh, yeah, moves to Los Angeles. Uh, apparently she was very abusive to her son, domineering. Yeah, extremely abusive. So he's got the some of the patterns of some of the crazier people we've talked about on this podcast yeah. so far. Yeah. With the uh, domineering parent, uh, mother, and, and the, mm. yeah, the abandonment stuff. So yeah, fear of rejection and abandonment appear to be two of Spectre's most predominant demons. Hmm. Uh, but moving to Los Angeles as a teenager, he began his career in 1958 as a founding member of the musical group The Teddy Bears... Which Lame they had game. a number one hit that blew. It was the first, I think, kind of wall of soundian type production produced by Phil and written by Phil himself, called "To Know Him Is to Love Him," uh, which is what he later had inscribed on his gravestone. That's well, weird. he actually had that inscribed on his gravestone oh. after the hit. Yeah, the it's, teddy bear. So he wasn't in the band; he was producing. No, it. no, he was a singer in it too. He was Whoa. also a multi instrumentalist. I think. Yeah, so wow. all kinds of shit. I n- would never have guessed in a million years that that song. Was about his father who committed suicide. I don't think they don't have. I don't know actually if that's what it's about. But he, he found his body beneath yeah. the bridge. Uh, Phil Spector's dad. <laughs> <laughs> now here they are, latest group from Los Angeles, singing their song inspired by the suicide of one of the singers. It's <laughs> the Teddy Bears with "To Know Him Is to Love Him." Ooh, uh, <laughs> Oh, I love the idea of yeah, doo-wop groups or something like on Ed Sullivan be like Ooh ah, Ooh ah, We found him hanging in the attic Ooh ah. But yeah, okay, check this out. Apparently when Phil was touring with it this doesn't help his uh, issues of feeling small and insignificant and insecure and weak and nervous. Hmm. Apparently when Phil was touring with the teddy bears, because he was small in stature, a few big guys surrounded him in the bathroom, <laughs> beat the shit out of him, oh. and urinated on, 
on him. <laughs> hey, maybe this guy's the urinal. Hey. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not the urinal. I'm just smaller. Stop it. I'm in the teddy bears. Yeah. I can get people after you. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? I'm one of the teddy bears. <laughs> Stop pissing on me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's not good for the old self-esteem, eh? No, if a bunch of guys pissed on you, hell no. Damn, dude. Which of you teddy bears smells like piss? Oop. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to know him is to... <laughs> he became the youngest person, though, to ever own a record label because of like his huge success and his drive. Hmm. He was a work uh, freak. Worked his butt off. After that, he started producing his hit groups like The Crystals, The Ronettes, Ike Tina Turner, and uh, more. Can you guys hear the cops? Music police. Crystals. And who, what, what was The Crystals' big song? With, uh, did The Crystals do Did You Run Run? Yeah. Yes, and that's right. And The Ronettes right. did Be My Baby. And, that's right. Um, yeah. And Ike and Tina be Turner. My, okay. They did be, um, my, be My Little Baby. Um, What's that? When I was a little rounder, uh, River Deep Mountain High. Ah. I can Tina Turner with Phil Spector. Oh, wow. So I got an interesting thing about that uh, coming up. Oh, the Crystals also had Then He Kissed Me, which I fucking love. Oh, yeah. And Then He Kissed Me. And He's a Rebel, which has he's like one of the greatest musical intros ever, where it's like, is it like xylophone or boom? Yeah. This is also around one of his early hits was called. Oh no, they pissed on me in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that was a good one. That was the Shirelles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he pissed on me. <laughs> so Spectre was also a session musician playing the jazzy guitar solo for the Drifters' big hit on Broadway mm. and co-writing Benny King's Spanish Harlem as well as the soulful You've Lost That Love and Feeling in oh. 1965. Right from Top Gun. Yeah, the latter tune holding the record for most frequent Air American airplay in the 20th century. He had a house band that he created called The Wrecking Crew. Oh, he created The Wrecking Crew? Yeah. Dude. Iconic dude. session musician squad. I feel like um, you, on- You've Lost That Loving Feeling, like obviously what a, I guess a brilliant song, but... It's, it feels so corny now. Like, imagine we went to a bar and we put mm-hmm. on You've Lost That Loving Feeling and all sang it. Yeah. Like, drinking at a bar would be pretty lame. I'm just going <laughs> to say it. Yep. There's only one way to tell. <laughs> now we would all get drunk and, and sing Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, Be My Baby by the Ronettes and, and, and Do Run Run by the Crystals, like, those songs... And more, like, here's the thing, audio files, uh, you're going to go nuts during this episode, but we don't talk about every single musical ding-dong, doodad, mm-hmm. uh, tidbit, pop-up, this isn't pop-up video, okay? No, you know I mean? far from no, it. No, no, if no. you're an audio file that knows all this shit already, you fucking know it, so this just relax. This is the ongoing history of new music with Alan Cross. No, certainly isn't. This is evil men. But yeah, Be My Baby, Do Run Run, all that shit. Um... <laughs> Then he kissed me. All those songs changed pop music forever. I think "Big Be My Baby" for sure was a huge influence on the Beach Boys. Obviously, Brian Wilson's life was changed by it. He's been said, you know, it's got that big reverb, like yeah, like what you're talking that drum about. Beat he used in the song "Don't Worry, Baby," right? Like I was going to say, a times. Yeah, 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 and that reverb too, and like all yeah. that like echoey like pet sounds, smile sessions, like. He never worked with, uh, and I love the Beach Boys. I think, yeah, we all do here. 
Uh, you do, right? Man? I do. Although James, you're James, crossing your I, arms and you're fuming. I you're absolutely saying, do. I James loves be- Kokomo. <laughs> oh, and I do love that song too. That's Bermuda, Come on, pretty mama. That's it. Baby, why don't we go? Also, another piece of trivia. That song, Kokomo, co-written or written by John Phillips of the Mamas and Papas. Wow. Oh, he could be another episode. Yeah, and John I Stamos, I think, played the drums on it. Maybe. I think he did. Yeah. That's the thing. Speaking of John Phillips, yeah. for his episode, we would have to have... For most of these episodes, we should have trigger warnings. I would say <laughs> if you've been in abusive relationships, that's mostly what we get into with Phil, but not often, but it is his main thing. He clearly had a problem with women, as we'll see. So, also, trigger warning one more, just for, yeah. one more trigger warning. Uh, yeah, if you have a problem with bad hair, oh, because uh, Phil Spector, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. So yeah, I just because yeah, <laughs> I find Brian Wilson so awesome. Uh, he never recorded with Phil Spector, as far as I know. But uh, I think he was... No, I don't think so. Because Phil Spector recorded with the Beatles. Which Strangely, he worked with the Beatles instead of... Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they loved him too, I guess. But, but yeah. B- Brian Wilson w- was doing his sound. Like, work with the guy that loves you. Yeah. Mm. But they loved him too. Anyways, except for Paul. But we'll get to it. But anyways, <laughs> and when you listen to Pet Sounds especially, and of course yeah. the abandoned Smile Sessions, that is Wall of Sound production. And similar... Like bad parenting experience with Brian Wilson and Phil Spector, like abusive, uh, right? Mother abusive father. Yeah, the Wilson brothers' dad was like a Murray, workhorse yeah. bastard. He would smack him around. Would you call it a workhorse, or what do you call those guys? <clears throat> by the mid '60s, the times were a changing, and musical taste started to pass Spector by. When his elaborate oh. production of "River Deep Mountain High," yes, <laughs> by Ike and Tina Turner, was snubbed by the American audience, he took it very personally, and. Listening to the song now, it's a fucking glorious song. It's incredible. So it was just the temperature of the time for what the kids were into. Uh, it's their fault because the song is amazing, but and he knew it. And at this time, like you know, he would he he recorded. He was recording a hit. That's how he was. So he was snubbed uh, by the American audience, took it very personally, and in effect giving the fast-evolving music business the furious finger and bitterly retreating from the field into a state of deflated depression. And this would have been mid-60s, like after the Beatles had yeah. broken America, like music was changing a bit? Yeah, I think that's what it was. They were getting right. it a bit more grimy, a bit more garage rocky, and psychedelic was coming probably. I don't know. Yeah, psych rock, fuzzy guitars. Right. Um, here's a little tidbit I heard today at Ike Turner's funeral because Tina Turner wrote about Ike's abuse and her autobiography and stuff like that you know all that stuff right Phil Spector stood up at the funeral apparently and said that she 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 could have been any of the background singers that Ike oh. worked with he just like she's so lucky that he just like <sighs> randomly grabbed her and Ike was the sought after musical genius not Phil her. said that at whose funeral? Ike Turner's Ike funeral. Turner's about Tina Turner. Wow. Was she there? I know she they didn't. I don't think he ever really cared about Tina Turner. He right. like loved Ike. I think she might have been there. I don't know. That's an insane thing to do though. <laughs> but he but this is like he he clearly never had any respect for women. Yeah. Like he's just Yeah. Cause Ike obviously could be an episode to him for himself as well. I mean, it's funny that we bring up all this music from the sixties and 
every guy that's been mentioned almost, you know, can be an episode of Evil <laughs> Men. It was quite a Wild West time uh, for, yeah, having all that stuff in check. So, in like, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, he married his dream girl, Veronica Ronnie Bennett, uh, lead singer of the Ronettes in 1968, who, if you like the Ronettes, like I do, mm-hmm. oh, man, Ronnie, later known as Ronnie Spector, was so awesome tough beautiful voice in fact that's only her singing on be my baby none of the other ronettes can really be heard on it uh i don't think they're singing on it uh she so they got married but ronnie relates tales of pathological jealousy mental abuse violent anger and insecurity and uh during that time looking back his children describe him as just a monstrous father yeah um he like ruined her career basically like kept her under like almost like house arrest. Yeah, like, I'm going to get to that. Like yeah. he before and also speaking of children, two of them were adopted and she didn't know that. He gave her unbeknownst to her two adopted children for a Christmas present. <laughs> Hello. What? What Merry Christmas. He's like we I adopted two kids. Here you go. Yeah, or like you're the mom of two new kids now. Merry Christmas. Well, isn't that fucked up? Yeah. I've heard of getting two kids for Christmas before, but this takes the cake. <laughs> That's when you know it's time to do a run, run out of there. <laughs> yeah. When an elf gives you two kids for Christmas, uh, you're Ronnie Spector. Mm. So genuinely, this is traumatic, but the list of abuses Phil Spector doled out to Ronnie is horrifying. Uh, he threatened to display her dead body in a glass-lidded gold com- coffin if she ever left him. And the glass-lidded coffin was in, like, the basement. I think it was, like, in a room in their house, maybe in the basement. And he took her and her mom down to, like, look at it. So it was just an abstract threat? He had No, he had the coffin. That's where you're going to go. And he pointed at it, and he's like, if you try to leave me, that's where your daughter's going to go. He said that to her, her mom and Yikes. her. That? Not the best way to impress a mother-in-law. No, you know, they talk about a, a boy you could bring home to mama, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Phil Spector is is blatantly not that <laughs> because she brought him to mama yeah. and he said, I'm going to murder your daughter and put her in this coffin. So he's just simply not a guy you could bring home to mom. Yes. New new boyfriend. I, 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 I'm married to meet your parents. Don't worry. They're going to love you. I, I know, but I, I'm worried to... To the, what they'll think about the, the coffin I have to put you in if you ever try to leave me. <laughs> like it somehow is sympathetic to Phil Spector yeah, no, movie. No, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a movie that makes it seem... They, they are simple. They're salt of the earth. They love all kinds of coffins. Um, he wouldn't let her wear shoes in the house in case she tried to run away. And he put barbed wire and guard dogs around his mansion to make sure that she couldn't. Good God. I don't know if you've seen this new version of The Invisible Man starring Elizabeth Moss, but it's pretty cool, interesting take on The Invisible Man story. And it really seems like, I don't know if they borrowed from the Phil Spector story or not, but The the Invisible Man ends up, he was a, an abusive husband to Elizabeth Moss' character, and she's actually being tra- traumatized by him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm giving much away, but... Sounds like the same situation. It's really so fucking bizarre. Absolutely insane, horrible husband. Yeah, and I haven't even really got to the gun nut part, but he was a gun nut. I'll build on that later. But so he's just like 
like because he got beat up and pissed on as a little teddy bear, I guess. He started being like, I'm, that's never going to fucking happen to me again. So he, be, he became obsessed with guns. So now we're talking about a house full of guns, a guy that carries guns around and always threatens, like, I'll put you in a fucking coffin if you try to leave me. Uh, on the rare occasion he allowed her out alone, she had to drive alongside with, in the passenger seat. Do you guys know about this? No. No. A life-sized dummy of Phil Spector complete with cigarette in its mouth <laughs> so if she got to drive so no one would think she's alone right. so if she got to drive somewhere she had to go with dummy phil specter in the passenger seat i can't i wrote this down earlier this afternoon and i still haven't been able to fathom that yet that's uh, what like what so some man would be like oh her husband's there Not oh there's try an elf smoking in the car yeah. with her <laughs> she's pretty oh sorry sir <laughs> why does that mannequin smell like piss <laughs> <laughs> beep beep <laughs> beep beep <laughs> um thanks more to luck than mercy uh I, and i also heard that uh, her mother helped her I guess, like, after the coffin thing, her mom was like, okay. Okay, that's a deal breaker. We're putting some plan in action. She escaped barefoot through a broken window. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, did they live in... Is is this, like, L.A.? Yeah. Weird. Like, the way it's described, you think it's, like, Montana or somewhere in the wilderness. But L.A. now, but more, obviously, especially in this Wild West time of entertainment, the entertainment industry boom... If you were a genius, they just chalked it up to eccentric behavior that was necessary for your genius to flourish. Mm. And obviously, we're still coming to grips with that as a culture right now. Yeah. So it's like, especially we, if you're a guy, I feel like. Yeah, because mm. we got away with we. I mean, you know, men have gotten away with these abuses forever unchecked because we could be like, "But I'm a man, baby." <laughs> but when Ronnie escaped, she said, "I knew that if I didn't leave, I was going to die there." Damn. So very sad. Um, so that was in 72 she finally escaped. And to, to escape, she subsequently surrendered future record earnings and custody of their three adopted sons with her claiming he had threatened to kill her with a hitman if she didn't comply. So this podcast I was listening to earlier today raised a good point. It's like, it's sad that she kind of abandoned these kids in this like house with this psychopath. Hmm. But she still has a chance to be alive. So yeah. there's still a chance and to be a mother. She also didn't even want these damn kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, Although it is too. still sad. Like, but oh, she no. was raising them. She was raising them <laughs> yeah, for years. But there's also still a chance to be a mother. Yeah. When you and it's not those little kids. When you're fault. free, where you you could be end up dead soon, staying with this fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. it's true. And Phil Spector's son. The reason why I say it's sad that they were stuck there with him, Dante, uh, one of the adopted sons from my mentioned claimed that he and his brothers had been abused by phil specter's children with a thin line between love and hate and i heard that specter would make his children they were abused by his children no they were abused no they were, they were abused by him yeah sexually not oh. by him sexually but like here i'll apparently while they were pretty much clearly still underage from what i've heard he made his sons lose their virginity to his then girlfriend to yeah. his girlfriend. Yeah, and would make them like Im- like act out intimate sexual acts with his girlfriends. Right. Mm. Yeah, and then apparently... Like, so good, father. Um, there's some other stuff too, but I actually... <laughs> Evil Men is 
too fun a podcast to go into. Right. So there's some but stuff some pretty about... pretty fucked up stuff. Yeah. So we were like, at the beginning, like, this is the tough part. It's like, the beginning, it's like, oh, the music's so amazing. Mm-hmm. And it really is. Yeah. But what the fuck are we supposed to do with this piece of shit? Luckily, we didn't have to do anything with them anymore. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he sounds like an absolute total shithead so far. Yeah. And these were all that stuff like in 1972 by the 70s he was kind of clearly like past his peak of of popularity and success and just kind of going crazy in a big house like Totally. So like yeah, in the early 70s Spectre produced the Beatles Let It Be and several so, several solo records by John Lennon and George Harrison. Not good the John Lennon ones anyway. Well, he did imagine though. I right? guess he did imagine, but if you look at the production credits John Lennon made him share it with Yoko Ono. Right. And I don't know. Yoko's awesome. Like, I love her as an artist, and I love her background vocals on the White Album, I guess. You know, it's fun. But, like... But those 70s Lennon... But to be... But for John Lennon to be, like... Terrible, yeah. Telling the Phil Spector, like, Yoko's also producing some of this. That must mean, like... I don't know. Something (laughs) weird's going on. I don't know. With with John or with... Phil. Maybe Phil. But anyways, like the Let It Be sessions were bizarre. Paul McCartney really didn't want it. He wanted it. Let It Be was like after all the psychedelia they experimented with over the last bunch of albums. Let's bring it back to a rootsy rock record. Were we talking about this on here or were we talking about this before we recorded? I think it's before we recorded. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking about this earlier, but it's like John and George were totally into using Spectre. And you got to remember these guys were young and like you know they like phil specter was still a legend in these guys mind he's not like you know uh acquiring an old burnt out dude he's he's still like it's the fucking phil specter but paul mccartney's like i just want to play the piano and sing and sound like myself you know and and so he'd like lay down you know track at night go home come back hear all this orchestral like wall of sound bullshit over his track and be like i thought the track was done i liked where it was and like yeah. you know so it's kind of like the long and winding road i think is like the big example like yeah. you can see oh, a memo yeah. online of the memo that paul mccartney wrote to phil specter afterwards where he's like if you ever like add stuff to one of my songs ever like he's just like so pissed off is that's I, the I, thing it's like yeah you're phil specter but we're the fucking beatles yeah. and also the george martin road, was their producer yeah. and they seem to be doing all right yeah. The Long and Winding Road is too much, honestly. The dun, 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 yeah. dun, the orchestra. Um, that's totally... That's why the they released Spectre. Let It Be Naked a few years right. ago. It was the way that McCartney wanted it. Interesting. So I might be jumping ahead, but is that why Let It Be didn't get released until after Abbey Road? Because they recorded it before Abbey Road, but then it was delayed. Its release was delayed. I didn't watch Get Back, but did they cover that in Get Back? Or, no, know. but they're kind of working on songs that are on both of the records, if okay. I remember correctly. I thought maybe they were dissatisfied, and then they were unsure. I think, I think yes, they were released in opposite order of how they were recorded. Right, I, but, but, I it, but it wasn't necessarily because they were unhappy. They were also doing no, other no, no, no. weird stuff, too, where it's yeah. like some really couldn't, didn't ever want to play live again or tour again, and some, like, maybe John did, or Paul, like, I don't know. Yeah. Or Paul did, I don't know. What's that There's really, a lot going on there, so. And, and sorry, when, what's that really cool George Harrison record? Is it Ram? No, that's, 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 that's All Things Must Pass. Oh, yeah. that's a George Harrison record, he, right? It's is his it, triple it, album where he's, like, on the cover with a gnome yeah. in the garden. And yeah. is that um, Phil Spector? 
Was it? I wonder. Is All Things Must Pass? Spectre? Yeah. Because it like sounds it. like that, right? It is. It is. Okay. Yeah. And it's like... Shout out Tom Henry used to play that at the bar he used to bartend oh. at all the time. So oh, it's like the my best. Sweet, me and my, my wife's Lord. wedding song was... Oh, excuse me. A song from that. Which song? Run of the Mill. The lyrics don't really match. <laughs> but it was just True nice. love, but it was like a nice song. Oh. We just liked it. But the album has My Sweet Lord and uh, What Is Life and... Uh, Apple scraps like a billion. It's a triple had, triple album. Wow! I had never heard it heard it until yeah. Tom used to play it, and yeah. it's really really awesome. It's great. So yeah, by the mid '70s, Spectre had produced 18 U.S. top 10 singles for various artists. His chart toppers included, like we said, the Righteous Brothers. You've lost that love and feeling. Classic. The Beatles, The Long and Winding Road, and Harrison's My Sweet Lord. Um, Can I mention one thing? Unless you're going to get to it. The Phil Spector Christmas album. Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot to write that down. A Christmas gift for you. You know that one? It's like every you hear. And that it, was in the '60s. It was in the '60s with all the girl groups, and it begins with like a spoken word. You hear sleigh bells, and you hear like, "Hi, this is a, Christmas. Is like a beautiful time of year." Like he does like a little intro monologue, and then it begins. But it's amazing. Like that album is is classic. Yeah, um, I don't know that. I don't think I know that at all. It was like you hear yeah, it in commercials. It's a very and stuff, popular, but Christmas album. Um, there were a few facts about that album. I just thought it'd be funny to bring up. There was um, the Christmas album. So it's, it's today considered a classic Christmas like rock and roll album, and it's in that classic wall of sound Spectre style. But it didn't do well at the time it was released because it was released on the day that uh, JFK was assassinated. <laughs> And oh so it kind God. of sank without, like, no one was in the mood to celebrate this, God like, super damn. upbeat, fun oh, no. Christmas album until years later when it was, like, reassessed. Um, okay, and- I can muster a smidgen of sympathy for Phil about that. <laughs> damn. First, I get pissed on by a bunch of tough guys. <laughs> and then my album comes out the day JFK was shot. <laughs> and he does a spoken word uh, monologue at the beginning of uh, Silent Night. Uh, that apparently there are different takes uh, that he, where he used foul language as a joke, mm. and there's a take where he says, uh, "I made this record for you, cocksuckers." Before Silent Night, now obviously that wasn't used on the final. Wow. Album. Well, that's revealing, isn't it? That yeah. he's slightly, maybe, possibly full of rage. <laughs> but imagine that he's like, like that album is like a stone cold classic, and for it to be released. <laughs> on like, like what was released on 9-11 that I was just, just like thinking that like, like, yeah like, Weird Al released an album yeah. <laughs> on 9-11 oh shit so we're still in the mid 70s we're still in the mid 70s following one off productions uh, for Leonard Cohen Death of a Ladies Man Dion DiMucci Born to Be With You and the Ramones End of the Century Spectre remained largely inactive amid a lifestyle of seclusion drug use and increasingly erratic behavior by this time he had become increasingly reclusive eccentric volatile erratic and was reputed to regularly carry and brandish loaded handguns a funny little anecdote i heard from the leonard cohen death of a ladies man uh and i love leonard cohen too big leonard cohen fan and apparently he hates that album it sounds so wildly different from everything else leonard but cohen i did. like yeah. it no it's good and it's i like, like his, all his stuff it's just like studio 54 fucked up disco yeah album. it's fucked up but i think it's still really cool don't go home with your heart on <laughs> you know oh yeah <laughs> with your heart on yeah it's, but it's, it's kind of true it sounds like drugs like it just sounds like unhealthy um but it's like cool but apparently he, uh, during the recording of that he held a gun to Leonard Cohen's head 
this is when he started doing this. Like he basically did it a lot now. He'd bring guns to the studio, uh, <laughs> and he held it and was like, "Leonard, I love you." And Cohen was like, "Phil, I hope you do." <laughs> so he puts a gun, a gun to, his, to his fucking he head. He puts a gun to Leonard Cohen's head and says, "Leonard, I love you." Yeah. Another quote. And, and Leonard I'm, says, "Phil, I sure hope you do." Because yeah, I'm paraphrasing because I heard head. both a while ago. Typical male behavior. That's we can't express our feelings. And we'll otherwise. literally put a loaded gun against Leonard Cohen's head <laughs> instead of going to therapy. I know. And we'll also listen to Leonard Cohen instead of going yeah. to therapy. <laughs> no, I mean this kind of shit happens. Like even us. Like I'm not saying we're as big as Leonard Cohen, but remember at the Sonar Christmas party when the the owners of Sonar remember they mm-hmm. they put us in the, in that room and held a loaded gun. At yeah, like you guys, we love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, okay, yeah, thanks. Yeah. I heard that Cohen described the recording studio as like you were stepping on bullets and biting on uh, guns uh, while you tried to eat your hamburger or something like that. <laughs> uh, he said it way more poetically and awesome than I did, but <laughs> you get the idea. Guns are Phil's life. He's so he, losing his mind. He's, he's acting crazy. erratic. Mm-hmm. He's crazy. I saw a If play. he's not producing, he's in his own seclusion, probably in a <laughs> giant mansion. A few years ago, there was a play that this actor, John Ross Bowie, who was on The Big Bang Theory, he wrote a play called Four Chords oh, and a Gun yeah. that was about the recording of the Ramones' End of the Century yeah. album. So you have these actors, play, and it's from the... The lead character who sp- speaks to the audience as like the narrator, it's the drummer Marky Ramone for some reason. Yeah. And you see it through his eyes, but it's about the Ramones having to work with like a very mentally unwell and drug addicted and gun toting Phil Spector as they record this album. And he was like, yeah, pulling a gun on them all the yeah. time, not sleeping. Wow. Um, yeah. And at, like, that record has good songs, but also has their version of Baby I Love You, the Archie's song with like. Yeah, schmaltzy strings on it, and they didn't like the end result. It was Phil Spector's idea. Yeah, yeah. and like he did hold a gun to Dee Dee Ramone's head uh, as well in that recording session, apparently, because Dee Dee was like, "This sucks." <laughs> or like, "This is shit." Because, oh, you think it sucks? Do you, Dee Dee? Yeah. Well, how about this? Suck on this, Dee Dee Ramone. <laughs> yeah, then, I don't know. Like, yeah, because like they were like, I think, yeah, like. Um, Tommy Ramone or someone was like their producer up until then, you know, like yeah. it was very raw, like <laughs> that's it. And he made them sound like, yeah. but the weird thing is, is like Joey was especially vocal about it. And it sounds like the Ramones song structures is very influenced by, but Joey was in love with the girl groups and the yeah. doo-wop and all that, those radio pop hits from that day. So he was probably like, in love with Phil Spector. The song and the Rock and Roll Radio and, is like a yeah. like a love letter to like sixties like yeah pop. Even the Ramones is like and the way yeah. they called themselves Joey, yeah. Johnny, Dee Dee, right. Ramon, Marky Ramon. Tommy and the way they Ramon, did heroin right. and the way they <laughs> Yeah. But apparently he got Johnny, who was like a right wing conservative, so he probably loved all the gun shit. Uh to play the first chord of rock and roll high school like over 400 times <laughs> and johnny was they finally was like it'd be like it'd be like next next it was like the same thing and then finally when he was done it was like okay so can we go and it's like no now we do the rest so it's like they were he just drove them to insanity yeah and it didn't it doesn't sound like a ramones record yeah, but it sounds kind of cool, and it's got some of their biggest <laughs> it hits different on it. Than, yeah. what, what hits yeah. are on that album? Rock and Roll High School, uh, Rock, and Rock and Roll Radio. Radio. Um, the cover that they did did well, I think. 
I think Baby I Love You did well, but it sounds... It's just a weird uh, cover it's song. It's the end, the end yeah. of the century. Yeah, I love the Ramones. In the, in the play I saw, Four Chords in the Gun, uh, the ad campaign was like, this isn't a f- effing musical. And then after the play, the uh, the actors bowed, and then quickly these like musicians were like wheeled on stage and played a played a punk rock concert in front of the audience <laughs> of Ramon songs. Oof. Um I kinda maybe because we jumped ahead to uh the Leonard Cohen and um Ramones albums just to get those are basically the last big albums he recorded <coughs> as full albums. In nineteen seventy four, we're well, going back just a little bit, he was in a near fatal car crash in Hollywood, suffering severe injuries to his head, face and scalp. Soon after, so he had scars Ouch. all over him. Mm, right. So soon after, he took supporting flamboyant. Lo- now this is a reference to trigger war- James's trigger warning earlier about wild hair. Yeah. Soon after, he took to supporting flamboyant, long-haired wigs, possibly to conceal some of his facial scarring, but also perhaps to cover up some of the psychic damage to his inflated ego in the inevitable fact of aging in such a youth-oriented music market. Now, I obviously cribbed that oh, so those sentence were- from a, another article <laughs> so I was those reading, were but wigs. <laughs> I honestly didn't, uh, know, you didn't that. know. No, sometimes he'd wear like big afros. Sometimes he'd wear long hair. Sometimes he'd wear like a multicolored rainbow. I, I afro. honestly only know that one picture you sent us, where he has like I guess a big kind of candy colored hair. <laughs> yeah, candy colored hair. They call it Phil Spector. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So substance abuse, vicious misogyny, mood swings, impulsivity, and frequent bouts of rage increased, based on reports of those around him during that time. He has said during interviews that at some point he was diagnosed and treated for bipolar disorder. His father's suicide, divorce from Ronnie, and deaths of dear friends Lenny Bruce and John Lennon uh, show up in, uh, you know, his, his talkings and like his youthful fall from the pinnacle of professional success. They've all, they all seem to be devastating losses from which he never recovered. So I actually cribbed some of this from a psychology article <laughs> I read about about the uh, psychology of Phil Spector. Uh, so, so they also say short in sight in physical stature. Spectre had no shortage of egotism, arrogance, nor talent, but clearly his demons, inferiority feelings, narcissistic rage, traumatic loss, fear of abandonment, gradually gained the upper hand, as happens with so many geniuses. He said this in an interview, I have devils inside that fight me. So this mm. is his mind. The devil inside. Um, Phil, devil I was asking inside. you what you what you wanted to order. We're at uh, <laughs> Wendy's. Sir, this is an Arby's. Uh, yeah, right. Sir, this is a an an A and W. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have A and W in the states? No, that's an interesting question. I think it started there. Oh, okay, is it still there? It now? just feels like a Canadian thing to me, but I might be crazy wrong. I kind of want a Beyond Burger, but the devils inside my brain want a Uncle Burger. I don't know, a cheeseburger <laughs> with bacon. Yeah. yeah. So Spectre remained inactive throughout most of the eighties, nineties, and early two thousands. In early eighty one, shortly after the death of John Lennon, he temporarily reemerged to co-produce Yoko Ono's Season of Glass. In 89, Tina Turner inducted Spectre into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a non-performer. Wait, so she inducted him at this great moment in his life, and he had the fucking nerve... But I don't think Ike Ike Turner was dead before 1989. No, 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 but still, she presented him with this thing, and then at his his funeral, he was like, she had no talent. That's nuts. Well, listen to this. Shit. 
at the when she inducted him into the Rock and Hall of Fame, which is probably the Rock and Hall of Fame's idea to get Tina Turner to do it. Also, she's on top in 1989. Yeah. Right. What's well, lots love? Simply the best. Yeah. We don't need another hero. What's love got to do with yeah. it? Uh, steamy windows, private dancer. Ooh. Steamy windows sounds like someone pooed in the car. <laughs> private dancer was written by Mark Knopfler. Private really? dancer. Yeah. Dancer for money. It's like, right. Imagine Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits da- dancing an erotic dance for you. Oh, I love the idea. With that, he wore a bandana, didn't yeah. he? Glowed yeah. in the dark. Yeah. So when she inducted him at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I love that song. Yeah. Spectre, except for the bad part. Spectre hit the stage, <laughs> bopping madly to the strains of the Ronettes' Be My Baby, flanked by three beefy bodyguards who practically elbowed Tina out of the way. He mumbled a few incoherent words about George Bush and the presidential inauguration, and then his bodyguards carried him away again. He was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 97 and received Grammy Trustees Award in 2000. Um, Seems like things are going well in his brain. Also Rock and Roll Hall of Fame related, in 94... Spectre wrote a letter to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's nominating committee to oppose the Ronettes being considered for induction. He argued that the group was not a proper recording act and did not contribute enough music to merit an induction. Oh, oh he must have been mad at Ronnie, right? He's mad at his ex-wife. Yeah. The Ronettes would eventually get inducted into the hall, but not until 2007, which, as we what? will find out soon, is after a big thing. He attempted to work with... Uh, yeah, so I guess I mentioned the bodyguards there briefly like bumping into tina turner and all that shit he oh he's always surrounded by bodyguards and guns at this point right. just a kind of sl- tiny little scared psychopath bodyguards went wherever he went in and, the he, 80s, and he also uh, someone described him as having like a different gun laid out for every day so it's not just yeah. like i need a gun it's like i need thursday's gun on thursday yeah, you need a different gun for different mood different way uh, you, you know you feel well, well you you know you got a monday gun <laughs> Which is set early. It's not too big. You're yeah. just going to get the week going. Has a picture of Garfield on it. Yeah. yeah. But then your Friday gun Ooh. is bigger. It's louder. Fun. It's, it's more fun. Maybe yeah, more yeah. complicated. Yeah. Sunday gun, kind of quiet. Yeah. Saturday gun. Uh, bazooka. Friday's gun shoots MDMA into your mouth. Mm-hmm. So, See, can I ask one more question? Yeah. Am I mistaken or did Absolutely Phil Spector Mike. produce Madonna's Like a Virgin also? Is that him or am I thinking of someone yeah, else? Yeah. 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 Okay. Like a virgin. Yeah. He did attempt to, speaking of uh, super sexy, sex driven um, popstresses, he attempted to work with Celine Dion. <laughs> did he really? <laughs> On her album Falling Into You, but fell out with her production team. I mean, and- I could see that, kind of, you know, like his kind of background music with Celine's song. Mm-hmm. That's where yeah, it was headed. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old-fashioned, schmaltzy, very like uh, overwrought. Don't get yeah. If he didn't lose his things. mind and turn into a psycho piece of shit, he probably yeah. would have been like, yeah, doing these great like Vegasy type big show <laughs> albums with big singers, like, pulling a gun on twelve-year-old Celine Dion. Oh yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to Renee. Listen to me. Yeah. His last release project was Silence is Easy by a British band called Star Sailor in 2003. He was originally supposed 2003. to... 2003? He was originally supposed to... There's another thing that happens in 2003 coming right up. And you'll see why it was his last release project. He was originally supposed to produce the entire album, but they fired him for being insane and annoying. <laughs> Sorry, mate. You're not cutting it. 
Yeah, we're not. We know we're not that good, but you're stupid. We're Star Sailor, okay? Yeah. Is that their name? Yeah, <laughs> Star Sailor. We're I heard Star this other. Sailor. I heard this other podcast. <laughs> that podcast I showed you. These got these guys. Uh, what was it called? Lost Files or something like that. They were talking about this, and uh, they were saying. Uh, they played a show and they were just like another kind of mediocre. Star Sailor. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, Star Sailor were kind of like another kind of mediocre, not their words, mediocre, but yeah, like Coldplay-ish ilk uh-huh. band from that era. Uh-huh. Kind of an era where any British band with a guitar would get signed. Like it was a kind of a popular, remember like... The, the Razor Light era? Yeah, the, early yeah. 2000s. And so like a girl goes up, a woman goes up to them after a concert and goes, my dad's really into you guys, eh? And he go. They're like, "Who's your dad?" And she's like, "Phil Spector." And they're like, "Fuck, bloody hell! You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off, you know." <laughs> and then, so, anyways, they make this deal to record with him. But when they go, and the, he's apparently he's walking around at night at his place, like in a fully armored Batman outfit, <laughs> and like he says to a guy, like, um what are those? Like he points at a guy's shoes and the guy's like, they're Reeboks. And, uh, and uh, Phil Spector's like, what the fuck are they? Never heard of them. And like, just <laughs> was like super weird. And so they fired him. Uh, his, he, he produced uh, only two songs on the album, the title track, so Silence and Easy. It was a UK top 10 single and the other single being White Dove. So I might... We can't have you producing us. We can't. A star Sailor can't be associated with Phil Spector. Yeah, we can't mess with the Star Sailor sound. <laughs> Just like McCartney, you're taking us in the wrong direction. Yeah, because Star Sailor didn't suffer that bump in their. Like, they're still, you know, on their, their trajectory worked out fine, right? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> What a weird band to be his last thing he produced. But that just shows you how out of it he is, like seeing some weak, mediocre band. Uh, Sorry, Star Sailor. I'm sure you guys are better than any band I could ever make, but... No, you know, no. No, no I'd make true. a pretty sick-ass band. Yeah. And, yeah. So, anyways, you get what I'm saying. In 2003, also... So, the he probably was producing it 20, 2001, 2002. Came, was released 2003. But in 2003... 40-year-old actress Lana Jean Clarkson. And now, I'm just going to take a break to give proper props to Lana Jean Clarkson. Because I don't know how many listeners are like me, but Tubi, T-U-B-I, dot com, free movie streaming services, uh, service, rules, I use it all the time. Do you? I know some of our listeners actually do. Tubi is sick. It's like all great cult movies, B movies, and like just bizarre movies that have nowhere to go. So I've seen some of the movies Lana Jean Clarkson's in: Barbarian Queen, Rules, Deathstalker, uh, so many, so much stuff like that. Um, so she's kind of rad. She kind of has a cult following in like the uh, B movie, cult movie, sci-fi fantasy circuit. Right. So. She was found dead in Spectre's home. Were they dating? After an alleged long night of drinking on the town, he met and invited Lana to his Alhambra castle overlooking Los Angeles. Uh. So he met her that night, took her home. Several hours later, she was found dead in his foyer, shot in the mouth with one of his guns. Mm. 
He claims that she had accidentally shot herself or took her own life, but prosecutors believe he had murdered her. And this is sad, too, because it's like, this guy was clearly building up to do this. The way he thought of women, the way he treated his girlfriends. When he and put guns on everyone he worked with. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of, yeah. he tried to get away with it, in it by saying yeah. like, she was sucking or she had the gun in her mouth seductively. And then I th- she accidentally shot herself. But it's like, knowing mm-hmm. what we know about this guy right now. And during the trial, other women accused him of violence and death threats uh, that had like dated him and been with him. So now people felt free to be like, yeah, this guy fucking does this, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just like one of those abuser things where like, he's going to do it eventually. Right. That's what I think. Um, Including like a British pianist, Deborah Robitaille, who said he once threatened her with a gun when she tried to leave his home. Other women accused him of violence and death threats. uh, Oh, I just said that part. Sorry. Yeah. So... British pianist Deborah Robitaille once said he threatened her with a gun when she tried to leave his home. Spectre was subsequently arrested and charged, but posted a one million bail to remain free before a trial in 2007 was declared to be a mistrial due to a hung jury, unfortunately. But eventually the case returned to court in 2008 as Spectre was retried for murder in the second degree. Unlike the first trial, uh, this was not televised. On April 13, 2009, Spectre was found guilty of second-degree murder and of using a firearm in the commission of a crime. And in, during these trials, when all those pictures came out, that's when you saw him, that picture, always, yeah. of, where he's that crazy, gigantic, big, fluffy wig where his hair is like big and curly. Yes, yes. And that's like glasses trial. And he's, He looks like a skeleton. And then Al Pacino... Oh, was in yeah, that movie, yeah, yeah. And they, they recreated that So, scene. Chris, I couldn't quite tell what you Helen Mirren... Played his uh, lawyer. Right. You were, so you were saying he went on trial. Yeah. There were two trial, trials, and then he got found guilty of second-degree murder. Yeah, maybe the first one was first degree? I don't okay. know. So, so he's guilty of second-degree murder. Yeah. Okay. But he, yeah, the hung jury, like, first trial, there were eight... No, wait, how many jurors are there? Twelve? Yeah. So yeah, because there's only two. The first trial, like, ten jurors were like, he's guilty, and two were, like, adamant. That he was innocent. He's not. He's totally not. It's Phil Spector, man. Yeah, Be my like, baby. Wall of sound. He didn't. Yeah. They're like California surfer guys There's with no sand way in their he hair. did it, man. Be my baby is the jam. Um, so he's sentenced to 19 years no to life. No one who was in the teddy bears could have done this. Yeah. Like, what the heck? So 19 years, 19 he's years to, to life, jail. Yeah, in the California prison system. Uh, due to be eligible for parole in 2024. Spectre was estimated to have spent fifty million defending himself in the case. Really? Yikes. He was he he. Hey, oh, you know who yeah. the real evil men are? His lawyers. <laughs> Cha ching! <laughs> yeah, they could be the evil men, the sub evil men in most of these stories. In two thousand six, while awaiting bail and before the first trial, Spectre had married twenty six year old third wife Rochelle Short. Wait, he got but, married after this all happened? Yeah, but later filed for divorce while serving his prison sentence in twenty sixteen, citing erect. Reconcilable differences. It's just not going to work out between us, honey. Yeah. I'm in jail for a thousand years, and I'm eighty nine years old. It's not going to work out between us because they won't give me a gun in jail to threaten <laughs> you to stay with me, or else. <laughs> do you think Phil Spector, like so many people uh, are, do you think he was pressured to join a gang in prison? Definitely, mm. the Aryan Brotherhood. He might have been in the Aryan <laughs> Brotherhood, I guess. Hey, this guy. I don't know if he's. Uh, 
Christian, but uh, he produced "Be My Baby." He produced yeah. the Duran Run. Yeah, he's uh, you know, he's good. Yeah, Phil Spector, the Duran Runs. It would be funny if he joined sort of a, um, a different uh, race, you know, just to change it up, maybe in jail too. Yeah, the Muslim Brotherhood yeah, or something exactly. that they have him in because yeah. they really like his yeah. uh, his work with uh, George Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phil. Assalamualaikum, my brother. Yes, uh, anything to get me out of here. <laughs> Baby, I love you. So that's another Phil, Ronettes hit. So is Phil? So now Phil's in jail. He is. Well, I don't know. I'm. You said he's in jail. He's divorced. He's single again. I'm just joking. Yeah, um, he's memorably seen in a mugshot in 2017, having lost his eccentric hairstyle and was bald. <laughs> You're <talking> so fast. <laughs> uh, I feel like do I have to wrap it up? No. Uh, yeah. So, so he, there's that mugshot. That, yeah, because you were saying like there's the yeah there's yeah. the famous photos of him in the court with the giant afro wig, but there's also mm-hmm. I remember the famous photos of him without the wig, like in the mugshot, yeah. looking like literally an evil. Uh, demonic elf he's one of the closest humans on planet earth to ever being yeah. resembling Gollum. Hmm. like it's crazy he it's crazy how treacherously he, disgusting he, looks. he didn't exactly look like a young brad pitt in these uh, prison photos james so, so andy circus kind of <laughs> apparently tarantino wanted unwigged phil specter to play brad pitt's role in once upon a time in hollywood <laughs> really before <laughs> going but before because oh phil's in jail i guess you could imagine phil specter on the roof with his shirt off and his feet there'd be like a big close-up on his bare feet (laughs) you know yeah Yeah, i could see that baby i love you (laughs) um yeah so we don't have to worry about him anymore a statement revealed on january 17th 2021 that specter had died at the age of 81 yeah, so it did read, the statement read, California healthcare facility inmate Philip Spector was pronounced deceased of natural causes at 6.35 p.m. on Saturday, January 16, 2021, at an outside hospital. I didn't realize he died so recently. I thought he had died, like, the late, like, aughts or something. Yeah, he died I... last year. And yeah. uh, 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 it's not uh, written in the article that I grabbed that from, but... I, I heard that it was complications from COVID, actually. Damn. Damn. I yeah. wonder if he was vaxxed. I don't know. Um, I sort of thought he was only put in jail recently. I didn't realize he had been in there for almost 20 years. Hmm. Damn. I don't know why I thought wow. that. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Well, not almost 20 years. Was it 2007 to 21? Oh, I thought you said it was three. Um, no, he finally went to jail in 2009, I believe. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Still, quite a long 2003 time. is when he was arrested, though, yeah. Oh, I guess he's in jail? No, but yeah. then he got out because of the hung jury. Right, yeah, yeah. right. So, and and that was the only crime he... That was what put him in jail, that murder of, of, of that actress. Yeah, hmm. right? And I guess yeah. all the testimony... Like, did any musicians also, I mean, any who were still alive, testify that, like, yeah, he pulled guns on us all the time. Like, he has a established, like... Uh, sort of pattern i don't know but like all like most evil men episodes you know we're a bunch of clown dogs and we just like put (laughs) these things together slapdash uh 
and also try to squeeze as much info as we can into like an hour or whatever. So, yeah, with Phil Spector, I found it being like, you know, with the little tidbits I got about, you know, Cohen and Dee Dee and John Lennon and stuff uh, and Tina Turner. It's like, oh, my God, I would uh, I'm sure, like I said, there's audio files out there that know crazy stuff. I would love to go on a deep dive of like first person Phil Spector yeah, producing like stories. History. I'm sure there's so much. And yeah. also to like, you know, it's good for our listeners to not get into the the girlfriend stuff as much, but I feel like there's you can almost do a deep dive on uh ex girlfriend first person accounts of him being even more psycho and controlling and manipulative and bizarre yeah mm. so but you know as long as we gave it a nice uh brush stroke here did star sailor testify <laughs> <laughs> he ruined our album it would have been a huge hit Ge- he ladies didn't know what fucking rebooks were <laughs> ladies and gentlemen of the jury they could have been as big as oasis until evil mr specter messed with their sound oasis he, oh he wasted our time <laughs> Those seventies albums, like Imagine, is good and like All Things Must Pass. But the later seventies Phil Spector stuff, especially with the solo Beatles, just he's trying to recreate that early sixties wall of sound excitement, but it's all fucked up and sounds just like bloated and tired. And it's so. Are you thinking of like less good John Lennon songs and? Yeah, I mean they did that rock and roll album, I guess, where it's like John Lennon doing early rock and roll covers um and i think he must have done ringo stuff as well like it all just sounds like this Mm. hazy drug and the person who didn't like him paul mccartney didn't use him and his albums are so good yeah yeah. like they Mm. a lot of them sound like you're in the room with the band like listening to good instruments play and he never pulled a gun on anyone (laughs) and i feel like i've heard this in passing uh i can't i can't know i don't know who to attribute it to but looking back with hindsight now it's clear that paul mccartney was the musical genius yeah i mean i'm sure that opinion would still get people into big fights and brawls but i think when i was younger i thought it was john and now that i'm a bit older i I think it was watch get back and you'll see it just Uh, oh really i haven't watched maybe i heard it from you well, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a big uh, argument, but watching Get Back, you really see him just being like so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. But yeah, I, I still need to see it. Damn, dude. But also, like, um, what I wanted to say was sometimes when there's an artistic genius that explodes and literally creates a whole new genre of a medium of art, they don't just tend to grow and become right like adopt with time they are adapt with time they are they are the thing they made because yeah it was like a, an exceptional uh, like a gift from genius out of nowhere all of a sudden like you're not just going to become like a working man's producer <laughs> it's crazy like even Imagine when i think of hip hop like yeah, dj just- <laughs> premier still makes beats to this day like he revolutionized hip hop, just for example, and he still makes beats to this day that sound like old school DJ Premier. Like, what are you gonna do? You can't like, what am I like? I created this brand new mathematical equation. What am I gonna do? Forget it? 
Yeah. You know what Imagine I mean? if Phil Spector had made like an EDM album or like yeah. A, yeah. a reggae album or something. Yeah. But his sound or he new created. Country. New country. Shania and Phil. Like, I'm a big fan of uh, Animal Collective and especially Panda Bear. And uh, like Panda Bear and Sonic Boom uh, work together a lot. And they're for sure all about that. Yeah. Like they have the echo, the reverb, the Beach Boys harmonies, which is also like the harmonies of the girl groups and the hand claps and it's just like it's so like uh embedded in mm-hmm. just music vocabulary now as you know from and i guess from my class he was my like, class <laughs> <laughs> and he was so so successful at such a young age too probably feel like you're a god and then you can't accept when y- you're yesterday's man and probably if you already have some mental problems that's just going to get worse and and even though like as well and yeah that's the thing yeah you're a god and then you're a nerd (laughs) again yeah like how do you go back i uh as as bad as he sounded i i would have liked to have gotten a tour of his house just before he got to jail (laughs) i bet he had a weird house you described like the it was like a castle it sounds like yeah i feel like his house was Half Wayne Manor and half <laughs> the Punisher's hideout. Because <laughs> there's literally a bat suit right. hanging up somewhere. He walks and, around with a Batman in a Batman suit. Yeah, and the biggest uh, arsenal of machine guns and handguns. I wonder if the doors were all small and like there was like a mini toilet though, because he was <laughs> such a little tiny guy. Yeah, he was literally a, a sprite. Wow. He was literally the thing the soda pop was named after. <laughs> Wow. Well, very interesting. I mean, honestly, I didn't really know a lot about him. I knew that he was, you know, I knew him as that producer and I knew the pictures of him with his crazy hair, but I didn't know anything else. And that was really interesting. And still, uh, like I said, even musically and probably on the abusive reporting side, there's probably still millions more tidbits to know. But this is like, this is a long ass episode right now. Yeah. Well, should we, on that note, bring out our little, also our little elven-like friend, called the... Evilometer. Oh, look, he's wearing a wig. Oh, he, he <laughs> was listening to us talk about Phil yeah. Spector, and he's wearing oh. a wig. Hey, put that gun away, you. Uh, he pulled, hey. a, pulled a gun on you us. You silly. Um, mm, yeah. Wow, who should go first? Um, Chris, what do you think? Yes, the man Chris. of the hour, Phil Spector. Fine, I'll go. Um, I don't know. There's a slight possibility he didn't... Uh, maybe Lana Clarkson's death was an accident, but I personally choose to not believe that. I'm going with the second trial's verdict, uh, depending on his... Uh, going from his behavior that we learned... I'd say, why wouldn't he think that he could just do that? He seemed fucking psycho and pointed guns at everybody's face all the time anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give him a seven because he's sort of not a psychopathic killer, but how he tormented the women in his life, I fucking hate this guy. Mm. And I think that I'm still going to enjoy the music in due to the musicians that he wrangled to, and, you know... You know, yeah, he added his production to it, but you know, the music is not 
you know, his personal life. I don't know. What do you think? Seven? I'm going seven. I was, I was seven. thinking that too. I, I guess I'll say 6.8. And <laughs> only because you got to leave room for like people who've killed hundreds of people or millions. Right. Some, yeah. But he's, it sounds like a horrible shithead and uh, horrible to his women in his life. Pro- sounds like he's murdered one. Um, yeah. So 6.8 is high. All right. Six point eight is high, and I'm going because you got to leave room. Hitler, Stalin, <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. You know what I mean? Right. You got to leave yeah, some room for that. I don't know. I would waver between a six and a seven. It's just the ab- but he, the abuse is putting it over for me because it's like absolutely fuck off. Dude. If, you, if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for those horrible, crazy stories about um, Ronnie, that's the thing. Then you'd go, well, I don't know. Who knows? That's the thing. Like fuck he would kind of get a high score from me just. If it was only about his relationship with Ronnie Spector. Yeah. I mean, he clearly was absolutely nuts. Yeah. Hmm. And I'm glad he got pissed on. (laughs) (laughs) Looking back. I wish he got shit on, too. Well, we could find his damn grave. (laughs) Take a road Road trip. Road (laughs) trip. And then we all take uh, X-Lax and and diarrhea on his his grave. (laughs) (laughs) The wall of shit. Yeah, you've heard of the do. wall of sound, yeah, Spectre. Yeah. Well, you're about to get the wall of poo. Um, I guess it. All eyes are on me now. They what's, certainly are. What's the what's the number on the evilometer for Phil Spectre? I can give him an eight. He seems like a really uh, bad guy, talented musician, great producer up to a point. Then he re- made some bad bad records in the seventies. Yeah, terrible records. Um, should have should have uh, gotten out of the game. Um, so you don't like Death of a Ladies Man, even though Cohen hates it. Too? It is. It has. Some fun songs, but it's it sounds like you're like gonna barf. Like it sounds so like I gotta listen to it. I do know what you mean. I do know what you mean for sure. Yeah, and that end of the century record has a couple good songs that survived his production. I do not listen to that album, and I love the Ramones. Yeah, Um, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna give him an eight. Just all the Ronnie Spector stuff. The coffin showing coffin to the that's bad. That's really bad. And yeah, the I murder, like the murder maybe, as well. The murder. I, may, I felt maybe being overzealous with a seven, but yeah. I'm actually really glad you said eight. Because, yeah, the abuse <laughs> stuff is like, he's a fucking Very sick disturbing. puppy. Yes. He's psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. dressing up like Batman when you're supposed to be working at your job pro- <laughs> yeah. as a producer. And also, right? he doesn't own that IP. He, right. he has does not own the Batman IP. He does, yeah. not. That's, he does not. That's intellectual property of DC, DC. motherfucker. Yeah. So you have no right to wear that. No. Yeah, but he got everybody to record cover songs all the time, so he just feels like everything yeah. is free mm. for all. Yeah. Well, he he was also though the Batman thing. He really thought that after Michael Keaton and then George Clooney, Val Kilmer, uh, he thought he was he had a shot <laughs> he thought he at hit, playing the him over Pattinson. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. did dress up like Batman while I think yeah Christopher Nolan was casting for Batman Begins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he really thought he had a shot at playing the Cape Crusader. Yeah. Yeah. Far too old, obviously not tall enough. Oh, he also deserves an eight for ruining Star Sailor's career. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. They were on the rise. 8.1. I'm changing my mark to 8.1 <laughs> for Star Sailor. I'll change mine to 6.9. All right. Well, guys, I think that that was another very successful episode of... This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.